Hey, welcome to Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast with your host, Buddy Satello Esquire and Mike Leno. And one of the few times we don't have our guests. I, both of my guests flaked out on me. I had a couple already uh, scheduled. I'm going to see if I can maybe patch in my old pal Casey Wood um, uh, if he's uh, available. Because well, I photographed probably all of his matches at APW. I was going to ask you. But before, well, let me ask you my question. I have just two things I want to bring up quickly, and hopefully we'll have Kid Chrome on. But you had booked our brothers from APW, Apollo Khan and Kid Chrome. Did either or both of them ever, I was trying to figure out just from memory if they worked iron too, or was it just strictly Yes, now, uh, not just that, uh, uh, Apollo Khan worked with me. Uh, Casey went up to the Pacific Northwest. I think he was originally from there, and he moved back to, to Oregon. But uh, Apollo Khan stayed in the Bay Area. I think he might now now be living in L.A., but he was living in the Bay Area, and I managed him both in pro wrestling iron and in uh, California championship wrestling with J.J., my friend J.J. And uh, uh, I, I, I managed against him in, briefly in uh, uh, uh uh, PWI, but I don't think I think sort of in PWI he, you know, as PWI sort of petered out, he went and did some other things. I think he was wrestling for Iceboxes Fed, you know, that, that short-lived Fed. That more, well, that, that's because uh, I got stiffed on the first show. I came up with that first name for it, Oaktown Championship Wrestling. That was my baby. Icebox, I introduced him to Roland, and he went to, you know, training. He, he wanted to go. You know, he was a, a legit roller derby guy, uh, the second incarnation of the Bay Bombers, not the real true classic Jerry Selzer stuff that ended in December 73. But he was a skater of note. He promoted. Uh, but that first show, Tony Hernandez, Tony Fury and I got screwed on the money. And uh, but, you know, he he learned, he improved and he was putting on and he still does. He's got lots of big names on his uh, shows now. I forgot. It's called Stars of Wrestling, something like that. And he brings in Carlito Colon a lot and Godfather and uh, Boogeyman and uh, some others. He had uh, Bobby Lashley when Lashley was with TNA on all the shows. You know, He was a regular and we'd sit and bullshit in the locker room and stuff. So two quick things I want to do. And we are going to try to get Mike Rogers on in the month of May. I want to talk and just promote his book, Excitement in the Air. This is volume three, The Voices of Northwest Wrestling. We're talking the Don Owen promotions. Fantastic book. Uh, just go to Amazon or, or Google it. He's done a total of three of these, The Voices of Northwest Wrestling. He actually is planning on a fourth. He really didn't know if he was going to do that. But here's a page. You may not even be able to see it. Of uh, Roy Shire's 1970. No, it's, it's blanked out because of the green effect. 78 Battle Royal. And there's a promo online. And he also did so, Mike Rogers, that's R O D G E R S. He's done three excitement in the airs, three different volumes, all different interviews with folks like Ivan Koloff, Rick Martel, Mad Dog Vashan, a Bay Area legend, Moondog Eddie Moretti, Dutch Savage, Don Leo Jonathan, Jonathan Luthez. Yeah, I worked a lot of shows with Ed Moretti. That's I would mostly talk well, to him about. Well, he came in. He was in the Battle Royal the la the second night of uh, the very first King of the Indies. The Battle Royal had, uh, God, Frankie Kazarian was in that Battle Royal. Uh, a lot of Bay Area guys. Uh, I would Asia. say this. I would say this. No man has been better at running 
a slowdown match than Ed Moretti that I ever saw in my life. an old school pro. Grew Absolutely. up as a fan. I was shooting ringside when I'd come up and Meltzer would be there taking notes and Eddie Moretti and Roland would usually be standing. They weren't in their seats. They'd be standing like in the back. So they're watching wrestling, but at the same time, they're trying to pick up girls. And we're talking 70s, like 73, 4, 5, 6, 7. And um, those were the days. Dorothy Hopkins, who made the ring robes for Pat and Ray and some other talents like Dean Ho. And I think she made at least one for Don Morocco and Ron Starr. But Roy Shire let her film. She's sitting always in the front row and she had her little eight millimeter camera and she was filming. And I have copies of all that stuff. I know uh, Joe S put them online, which he really shouldn't have because that wasn't his footage to put up. But, you know, whatever. It's it's on. Get to a point, though, if you don't digitize it and get it online now, you're never going to be able to get it because the stuff is deteriorating and falling apart. The f- physical films. I digitized all the the LaBelle and Shire stuff that uh, right that I but, but the other stuff these home movies that a lot of people have you got to like, digitize them and protect them get them off of the uh, beta maps yeah oh, so I wanted to say Russ because it's wrestling and legal and I'd interviewed twice great comedian we lost you know, we lost all those wrestling folks just a ton we lost a great photographer not just Bob Mulrennan who I talked about on this show. But Brian Bucantis, who I think primarily was photographing 70s Dick the Bruiser in Detroit when the Bruiser's WWA territory was taking on Sheik's NWA backed. And uh, I think Bruiser at Olympia Stadium in uh, Detroit had the cards on Friday nights. And the next night, the Sheik had absolutely loaded cards. It was a real wrestling war. But Richard Belzer talking about the Hogan thing. And I mentioned to you, and you said, that sounds crazy. He, he got a, he claimed he got a $5 million judgment against Hogan. He was only able to collect uh, somewhere about 400 to 450,000, which well, that he, part I kind of believe. Yeah, that's what he got. That's what he got. The judgment was X, but he got, you know, whatever, one tenth of X. That's or, the way it usually works in the legal world, by the yeah. way. Yeah, you get it. Everyone inf- hears, you know, a million dollar judgment. But they often find out that they, you know, collect one hundred to two hundred thousand dollars from that. The funny thing was he used it to pay to get out of the U.S. You know, a lot of these people, and Howard Stern was talking about it, a lot of these people say, "Oh, when Trump got elected, I'm going to move to Canada. I'm going to move outside the U.S. I can't take it." Well, when Bush Jr. got elected, Belzer put his money where his mouth is. He used that Hogan money he got from the settlement, bought the place, or you know, put that down the house in. Uh, I forget, it wasn't Paris, but he was in France. And that's where he passed away, sadly, not in his native New York. But if you watch, uh, 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 my buddies and I, Richard Dawson's two kids, and I thought we discovered Richard Belzer. He was in this underground movie, Groove Tube, which you said you've seen. Yeah, oh yeah. It was the successor to Kentucky Fried Movie. It might have come out. I think it might have come out before Kentucky Fried Movie. Was it before Kentucky yeah, Fried Movie? Yeah, because it was before the Gong Show movie. Those three yeah, were like guilty pleasures. But the weird thing is it, it came out in like late 73, early 74, well before Saturday Night Live. But Chevy Chase did. That's where, you know, he was from uh, National Lampoon. He did the uh, news anchoring thing. And he did the thing where he's like talking dirty to his girlfriend, thinking he's not yet on camera. You know? news desk and then he has to put the phone down when he realizes the camera's 
hot, he's got a hot camera on him. And uh, he goes right into, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was pretty amazing. Those two guys came from the Lampoon, the Harvard Lampoon. And uh, there was uh, on cable now, there's some kind of documentary on the uh, National Lampoon magazine and the radio show, which a lot of people don't know about. All they know is some of these movies that had National Lampoon in front of it, like, uh, you know, the vacation, the Chevy Chase vacation movies. And uh, there was a couple other National Lampoons, Van Wilder. Buck Henry came from that National Lampoon. Uh, Was he great as the dirty old man on the SNL, like the first and second season? He he was it was it was just funny. I met Buck Henry at a a party once. I met him and Elliot Gould at Michael Dukakis's uh, pre-election campaign. I worked on the Dukakis motorcade. And I drove Bruce Morton around San Fr- uh, Los Angeles. And it was the only time in my life that, that, that Beverly Hills Boulevard and, and um, uh, 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 the 405 was completely stopped. And I was able to drive on it with no other cars other than me and the motorcade. It was a pretty unique experience watching all these big fat cats in their, you know, Mercedes in Rolls Royces, having to sit there while I got to drive my car. That's uh, that's kind of like the, the one WrestleMania, the, the 2015 one, which Lanny Poffo had, Vampiro Furpo's daughter, uh, Mary, who I brought on the show. Yeah, we had on the show, yes. And he listed us as friends and family. He wanted me to take pictures of him accepting the award at the Hall of Fame for Randy. But he got us this friends and family thing, so... We had press for everything and uh, for Hall of Fame on that Saturday night then at Levi Stadium, Sunday WrestleMania, she and I rode in the uh, the very fancy, I wouldn't even call them buses because they were first class that transported the talent. And they stopped the traffic on uh, whatever the freeway was to get to Levi Stadium from uh, uh, for example, from the Mer- where were we? We're at the, the it was either the Mer- no, it was the Weston in San Jose, the fanciest hotel there, uh, and and just got on the freeway briefly. But traffic was stopped, so it was like your experience. Traffic stopped while we go in there, and then you have a massive security check to get your three different armbands, so you would be allowed in Levi and the night before at uh, the Shark Tank for the Hall of Fame at San Jose thing. So. Uh, our, so with until hopefully Kid Crumbs. I think we we are now being joined. There we go. After all the the, the uh, technical difficulties, I I apologize. I had to reset my password like eighteen times. My my wife in here helping me out. Okay. It's looking- good to see you, brother. I, I I'm guessing I have shot and photographed as Roland's photographer from day one, from when Modest and. The rest of them, Frank Murdoch got out of the school. I probably shot every one of your matches. I remember you very well. So yes, let me let me introduce. Uh, so uh, you know, better late than never. Um, my old friend, all the way from uh, Portland, Oregon, Casey Wood, better known if you were a wrestling mark in the 2000s here in <laughs> Northern California and a little bit in Southern California, uh, Kid Chrome. So thank you so much for joining us. Tonight. I, I I'm so sorry it took so long. I don't know. What, I had my all set up and it was working just fine. And it said, 
Uh, we're, we're, glad, we're glad to get you on. Let me ask, what is behind you? Is, is it a lot of wrestling uh, or other kinds of awards and trophies? Oh, it's mostly just uh, rock and roll stuff. Uh, oh, tell us what's on there because I'm, <laughs> I've been. There's a kiss drum set. Love music. <laughs> so there's a drum kit, major drum kit set, right? Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, just bands. I, I, I went on tour with and stuff, and I, I feel so bad. I'm so late. It's <laughs> okay. That's why we want to get right into it. Wait, what, what do you do musically though? Are you do are you a sessions player or, or do you have your own right band? Now, I, right now, I'm happily doing nothing. Retired with my hot wife. <laughs> uh, what were you doing in, in music? I, uh, just tons of different bands, some uh, session stuff, but nothing like to really brag about, honestly. You know. But what <laughs> genre of music though? Is it uh, are you more? Uh, uh, pretty heavy. much straightforward rock and roll. Not not heavy metal. Well, sometimes I guess, but uh, just rock and roll. You know. I just Simple. love it. I love the fact that Kiss, they do have the ultimate, even if you don't like, you know, music of any kind, if you go there, you're going to be sold on them because they open with Detroit Rock City. They end with a killer song. So they, they do Rock their roll, set. Yeah. It's just like wrestling. You, you want to open with a hat, hot match. You want to leave them with something hot. Yeah, you want to tell a story. <laughs> Yeah, it just, yeah, it's 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 always. I've only seen them a couple of times. Never photographed them. I didn't. I just wanted to enjoy their concerts. And uh, I see what you're saying. It's like bring the crowd up, bring them down, bring them back up, bring them down. Yeah, it's like that roller in, in with the bang. The big bang, yeah. Because a lot of the bands I used to have to cover, though, photographically, you know, Prague, meaning uh, Pink Floyd to uh, yeah, cool. King Crimson and stuff. The you know, I could see people. Music, but I could see people falling asleep. You know, it wasn't like Kiss or the Stones, <laughs> or it's like. Yeah. Well, that's great then. Uh, let me throw it back to Russ. Yeah. So, so uh, Casey, tell us how you got started in pro wrestling. Oh, geez. Um, well, I was looking for a wrestling school. Obviously, being a fan growing up is. Man, the first thing I remember was watching wrestling. Portland wrestling. We're did you grow up? Did you grow up in the Bay Area? Obviously, sure. No, Portland. Oh, really, Portland. So you did you grow up? You must have grown up on Don Owens wrestling. That's the what I'm talking about yeah. with Mike Rogers' book. Mike Rogers is the ultimate historian. On the, I have the book. Yeah, but I there's the three book. three excitement in the airs. If you I know, have, Mike. I, have, I got one of them. And I also I have know Mike forever. He was with me when uh, I photo. I was brought in by the Hart family to photograph Stu Hart's uh, Calgary 1995 uh, birthday party, his 80th birthday party, and the 45th anniversary of Stampede Wrestling. That huge show with all of the alumni back. And here's the, the uh, championship belt from uh, Portland. Which belt is that? The one that debuted in '85. Bobby Jaggers had. Oh, Bob! Wow. So what championship though is that? Is that that's the original, right? Well, it's made from the original. Or it's okay, it's a replica. But what's what's well, the uh, made by Dave Milliken though? There's still the oh, three Milliken, in the world. Yeah, Mill wow, you got a Dave Milliken belt. Those are the primo yeah. ones. Well, that's you know I was gonna get yeah, you you sort of short circuited it, but I did want to mention that you have a really impressive collection of belts, and we've never had a belt collector on 
our our show before so you i you know you might want to as you tell us how you got involved in pro wrestling then maybe you can tell us about your belt collection and how how you got into that and, and what your your prize belts is i love that red pacific northwest belt i told you already yeah. online i did that i got a black one too but to answer your question though it was yeah it was portland i grew up on I didn't know about any other territories at the time. I was, you know, I was like four years old. You know, I didn't know what WWF was. I didn't know what it was. Portland. You know, well, that was a hell of. And everybody came in there when Roddy Piper was sent in from Houston by Red Bastine to L.A. and then went to San Francisco and ended up in Portland. And they, they were. That's when that territory blew up. You still had the older legends, the Dutch Savage, the Bull Ramuses, Stan Stasiak, but then you had all these guys, Rick Martel, Kurt Hennig, Lanny Poffo even came into Portland. The first person I remember watching that I remember as a tiny little kid was Dynamite Kid. Right. Nice. And Buddy Rose was a big deal. Nelson Royal. He was part of Buddy Rose's army before Rip Oliver's clan, yeah. Wow. And Rip Oliver. Ed Wiskowski, Buddy Rose. And you remember, or you may not know, that Roy Shire, uh, when he lost TV entirely, uh, for at least two and a half years, he was using Don Owens' Portland television with localized interviews that they would cut. I and, yeah, and, and, and you'd have the guys like uh, Piper and Rose and Wiskowski and Ken Ramey sure. cut promos. And then so, coming. Give me snicker. Yes. There were a lot of uh, pro wrestling schools, though, in, in Oregon. Why did you come down to the Bay Area for a school? Well, there was, a thing, there was, a, there was like three in Portland I, and one in Vancouver that I remember. And I, I visited them, and I, I don't know. They just, I don't want to cut anybody down. They just didn't seem very professional. So I got a, back then, you know, you sit up. You get little flyers in the mail from back of wrestling magazines, you know, wrestling schools. So I just, you know, Hayward is, was a 10-hour drive from Portland. So I wanted to go there to check it out, and I watched the training thing, you know, and stuff, and they seemed like way more professional. And they beat the crap out of you. <laughs> you have to pay your dues there. Yeah, but it wasn't like Bert Sawyer in Sacramento where he'd stretch you, take your money and say, sorry, kid, you didn't make it. At least you. Yeah, it wasn't like that. But, but so but you had, didn't you have, uh, did you have uh, Robert Thompson and Mike Modest or who were your trainers? Was it uh, Modest? Modest was my first school. Uh, Thompson was there, but he was done training at that time. But we wrestled together many, many matches, tagged together. Actually, I just put some on YouTube, um, or on, on my Facebook, of Thompson and I wrestling together. Um, one of my favorite tag team matches of all time was, because uh, it was called on the fly, it was uh, Thompson and I against Super Destroyer Moom Moom. You were there. <laughs> Buddy? You yes. Remember, remember that oh, match? yes. No, that was, that was a fantastic that, match. That's on, that's on YouTube. That was over at uh, Cloverdale, wasn't it? I think so. Yes. And yeah. and the you know I'm sorry if I'm well no that that one came we had the battle royale first right yes well, that was the same show no different yes. show yeah it was there's the battle royale first and the idea was all the managers would come out and they would all introduce their wrestlers they'd all leave but no one told me that 
So I stayed, <laughs> I and even that's when you and Mark got into it. Yeah, on the went, outside. Look at the the crowd and stuff. We got yes. heat, for, heat for that actually. Total heat. That was like the match before the match. <laughs> we were still in the show. Nobody was watching the Battle Royal. I did, I was hitting Mark with chairs. <laughs> I have it on video actually. Yeah, and y'all was hitting me with one, and I was I was pretty damn scared. I didn't know what to do. It was like the third or fourth show that I'd. I'd managed that, and and uh, it was all on the fly too. We're like, just you know, screw it. Let's just let's go for it, you know. Because they were set up an angle with us anyway, so let's just start it right now. Well, when it was going to be furious at me for staying out there when all the other managers left, but then oh, like because that spot yeah. got over so well, he was like, I was going to kick your ass, and now you know because the fans <laughs> loved it. Cloverdale was hot. That. That particular show we did was like was 500 people. Show. We had yeah, was that was awesome. one of the the biggest and most exciting shows that I'd done. But our thing was a huge buildup, and then you had the Robert Thompson and you versus Masaro and and uh, uh, well, Super it, Destroyer. It was Boom Boom and Super Destroyer. Oh, Boom Boom, yeah, that's right, and yeah. Super Destroyer with uh, with Shane Dynasty as yeah. Uh, yeah, the dual managers, me and. And 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 Shane is two yeah. managers on the outside, plus and, Boom Boom and Mark inside the ring versus and, you and Robert Thompson. And that and that Thompson was threw over the top rope, and I landed on you and, and uh, Mark. That was awesome. That was really awesome. And we got the I whole was like, shit. Yeah. I remember like why was uh, Mark under the hood at all? Good looking guy, had all this talent. What was the purpose of the super destroyer? Oh man, you, you really need to watch the Mark <laughs> Smith documentary. You know, I keep telling yeah. you to watch it and, and you, you keep not watching it. You're in it, so you should actually watch it to see where you're part of it. He hasn't no, seen it I, yet. Guilty. I was, I was kind of pissed that they didn't ask for pictures. I've got these beautiful pictures of Mark. Not just in AP Dub, but some Ring of Honor stuff, and but obviously all of his AP Dub stuff, and um, they had a lot already to work with. But but I, I thought I was my idea to put a mask on him because I wanted to make a heel turn for him, and I wanted him to be able to start doing things physically without having to get on the mic. And there's nothing better than putting that. You know, it's just like the assassins in Portland, you know, or the Grappler when when oh, yeah. when Portland had the Grappler. You well, know, Len Denton well, he was booking. Len Denton was a, a genius booker in Portland for Donald. He was one that helped me get involved in the business. Before I went to APW, I lived right down the road from him, from Piper's Pit Stop. They had a business down the road. And I told him I was going to APW to train. And he goes, who's training you? Len's asking me. I go, Mike Modest. And he goes, oh, you're in good hands. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know? I go, yeah, I'm going all the way down to Hayward, you know. And he's like, you know, he was happy for me to go there. He was that's a good school. What was I mean, Len like? What was Len like? <laughs> well, at that time or now? <laughs> no, at the time. At the well, time. Now he's pretty mellow. Yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, compared to like, yeah, no, he awesome. I get nothing but respect for him. Um, when I told him, you know, I was serious. He was going to train me in his backyard. Wow. That was like, that was the official deal. Then I started shopping around, and that's where I found Hayward. And uh, that pre-internet kind of because it was internet was there, but it was still you know that was like ninety shit seven eight. You know wow. when, I, when I was looking around, kind of thing. You know, 
Were you living in, in, in APW so you didn't have to make those 12-hour drives down from? Uh... No, I moved to Hayward in an apartment complex. Okay. With my not, girlfriend. Not, uh, not Ray Stevens and Teresa Thies, who was a, the female wrestler who broke Ray in. They had an apartment complex where some of the wrestlers lived. No, we lived off of Fletcher Lane. Uh, remember, remember TNA? The, the girl wrestler, not wrestler, but valet girl. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I said, I lived with her, both from Portland. So, you ever she keep was, in touch, do you ever keep in touch with her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't talked to her since the, uh, since the days. Does she still live in Northern California? No, she's back in Oregon. Um, it was funny because I went to have a meeting to join that school and stuff, and they saw her and she wasn't there for that. She was, you know, they're like, hey, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> So she got a job before I did. And I'm like, what? I wasn't bump yet, and you're already working the show. The funny <laughs> thing about Val Ace and APW is that um, Cor Jim Cornette's wife, Kelly, was one of the very first valets, and her sister, Brenda, uh, I can't remember what her uh, Kelly's name was. She was doing like an S&M bondage uh, type of gimmick and Brenda was just sort of the, the this was before you uh, you guys even came there. Is that Cherry Bomb that you're talking about? No, no, much, Cherry Bomb came much later and she never, yeah, I, that, she when she hurt her arm or something, that's when she quit the the biz. She was a fire, remember she did the fire act. Yeah, the fire thing and the fire yeah. song. But uh, so Cornette married, uh, Stacy Goff was is who Corny's married to, but I think her sister Brenda. So the two of them valeted, and then there was Gina Carla Filbert was her real name, but Miss Gina was the brunette, and so there was the three of them. They were the earliest ones, and then um, Candace LeRae would come up. Now this incredible world class worker on WWE TV on, I guess, the Raw program. But she was coming up with Billy Blade and Billy Blade's partner from, uh, you know, Santa Barbara when they would come up all the time for rolling shows and they were doing like the Rock Act. But Candice LeRae was just their valet, you know, not even taking bumps. Yeah, that game sounds familiar. And Candice LeRae's big, huge uh, deal. She was on all of the pro wrestling gorilla cards or tons of the ones that I shot. But now she went to NXT for WWE, which is on Tuesday nights. And now she's on main roster for WWE. But back in the day, late uh, 1990s, she was already coming up to our cards from Los Angeles and Santa Barbara. So that was quite a bit of history of, of women, uh, maybe not wrestling, wrestling until the, uh, the days of uh, uh, you mean like Sarah Del Rey? Yes, yeah. that's kind of when it started. Sarah Del Rey, Melissa Anderson, and then there was one other one that Roland yeah. was really pushing, pushing. She never went anywhere. They brought in the one from Japan, and they brought in the one from Mexico who stayed. This was during the dead rich years. Uh, but the one from yeah. Japan stayed for like a yeah, Mexico year. chick. The Mexico girl, she got scared off pretty quick. Yeah, I remember. She was the redheaded one. I, I, Roland was like putting her over everybody. And... Um, a lot of us it didn't, didn't work that, but you know yeah there was some women that came in and out of the promotion and there's the one that uh, ended up marrying Vinny, but she initially was valeting for boys yeah veronica yes veronica yeah. lay yeah um so so casey tell me about some of your highlights as a wrestler 
What what do you think were some of your best matches? Mark. (laughs) It's funny because I love the stories with him in the ring because that's when it really first started. And Vinny, too, as a matter of fact. I love working with Mark because I finally started figuring out what psychology really was. The idea of, like, if you're in the front row, you're watching matches, you know, and you see a 175-pound guy against this monster, you're thinking, okay, let's go get a beer. (laughs) This guy's going to get squashed. But he always, like, we told a story where I had a chance. You know, I would duck something, you know, or I I would tire him out or go for his leg, you know, do a go-behind, trip him, make him confused, you know, and... So it got people interested. That's why I started learning really psychology. You could suck people in and make it a believable match. Like, the, oh, this kid's got a chance, you know. And I love the fact that all of our matches um, all told different stories. Always the result. I'm not going to win, but <laughs> I always get the people. Uh, well, because I, I helped cheat quite a bit. I think that was... Maybe he might actually win this match, you know. Yeah, I helped cheat quite a bit to make sure that you didn't win. You know, that yeah, was thanks for the yeah, the kicks in the in the, the chest were great. <laughs> and, and 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 the heart punch, you know, when when, heart when, punch, yeah. when Mark would uh, uncork the heart punch when the ref wasn't watching. That was always a, a great moment, you know, of old schoolness, you right. know. In the, uh, the kid chrome, name the guy from Portland uh or Buzzard Creek, Oregon, who was most famous for doing the heart punch, besides Ox Baker. Uh, stand, stand the man Stasiak. Stand the man Stasiak. That's oh, how Portland also. Okay. Oh, the heart punch. Yeah, he's a huge legend. There was Dutch Savage. Oh, and I know Stan. Yeah, I, I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. Yeah. What was the question? Yeah, obviously tough Tony Bourne, whose son was Matt, who we sadly lost. Stan would did the heart punch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. And Dog Lonnie Maine, who was originally a babyface in Oregon, is just playing Lonnie Maine in the '60s, teaming with uh, Tony Bourne. Yeah, but what I did, I do think it's interesting that you never had a title, as far as I as far as I remember. Did you ever get one when you were in APW? Not APW. I, I did win one a tag belt twice in uh, Astoria, Oregon, but that's it. Nothing to do with APW. So. Oh well, where <laughs> else did you wrestle in Oregon? Uh, PNPW, Pacific Northwest Professional Wrestling. Who who was um, running that one? Uh, well, his work name is CC Poison. Roger. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know that. It's but a small it's, book. Yeah, I know. I, I uh, that's a famous promotion. Uh, were you uh, at all close with Buddy Wayne, whose son now is the, the hottest you know, star? I never. I never met him. I mean, I might. I might have met him, but I can't remember like hanging out or whatever. You know. Yeah, his kid has already signed a developmental. He's, he's not even of age. He's like 16 and a half, 17, done three Japan. Everybody's talking about him. Wrestling all no, over the country in Europe and Mexico besides Japan. I haven't really talked to anybody up here about that in a while. I did and a couple of rounds. Darby and... Allen broke in in the Oregon somewhere? That's why he's loyal to Darby Allen of AEW. Darby Allen. Yeah, Darby Allen's a huge star. If you're not watching uh, AEW's, uh, I, I don't watch much anymore. Oh, you really should turn on. You should watch AEW. I, mean, I watch wrestling every day, but I watch uh, 70s, 80s, 60s, uh, NWA, WWF, 
AWA, you know, Mid-South, Florida. <laughs> I, I turned on TV on nowadays. I'm just like, done. Yeah, well, uh, old stuff. Social psychology. Was, I don't 70s know. 70s Georgia Championship Wrestling. The oh, I love Georgia. 75 on. You just can't beat it. It was. It was yeah, I know. Mid-South. I, I, yeah, Memphis even. Terrific. I'm, an, I'm, I'm old school. Can I tell you? Where, where, like Mid South, how are you watching it? Do they have enough stuff on YouTube? I'm not even going there to yes, see. Yes, they it. do. It's all. Yeah, like I, well, remember, the, remember the tape trading days too? Like in the. I was part of it. Yeah, we all were. Yeah, I bought a, a, a ton of videos back in those days. It was you know. so old school though. In the early '70s, we'd pull out the cassette recorders. There were no VHSs really until the the beta units and. 75 but we would tape from like 1970 on just hold a cassette recorder so you tape the audio right record off the tv itself yeah, yeah. that's how i record the all the la and and some other and people would tape trade we tape trade these cassettes like 1971 72 i'd get in all the tri wf stuff and you could hear what was going on everywhere you know the crusher dick the bruiser all of that good stuff i still have i don't know geez probably at least Three, four hundred tapes of old school stuff from the tape printing days. Still all have them in all boxes. HS? Huh? All HS, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. God you do because you have some of the original uh, Buddy Sotelo stuff that you've been posting up there. <laughs> that's, you know, I, well, that's a little story there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 been great to check back on some of those matches. I haven't seen them in like nearly thirty years, so you know that, know. that that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I just found a few more too. Like I started posting them, I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. I'm gonna mark out for myself, you know. But then again, you know, people who are involved, you might want to see this stuff, you know. It's history now. I mean, and like Mark to be able to see Mark again, you know, back in the ring and and you know, in in his glory and and I, you know, what was great about having you there is that you you and Mark, I I love that clash of styles we work together so well and i don't want to again work out for myself but we uh never had a bad match they might be. i i often felt like i was lucky that i was able to have the front row seat that i got you know except when was, you would jump out on me but was, I, 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 yeah. thought I was, I, I was very was, lucky to be able to watch your guys matches and you and Vinny had some great oh, matches together Vinny's my second best they're tied, you know. I mean, both of them are, are tied. You know, again, the psychology, the different style of bodies, and how do you sell it, and you know, what do you do, and how do you outsmart someone, how do you heal, baby? You know, there's a lot to it if you get done the right way. If that makes any sense? It does to me, but you know, so, I was just showing my my wife the other day a few matches that Mark and I had. And one came up that really reminded cracked me up. There was one night he goes, so what should we do tonight that's different? I go, I have an idea. Remember Corey? Yes. He was running the spotlight, right? So you and uh, Mark come out with the, the dark, you know, lights and no music because it's old school. Remember that, right? Right. And, and when so you I, have a cape on. So my music hits, I go, I'm gonna go around the ring, do all the, you know, high five everybody and stuff like this. And I remember telling Mark before the match, I go, what if I just get on the top rope and just have the spotlight follow me and just come up and get right in the face? 
<laughs> and just start off like that and just start attacking you because we're selling a storyline, you know. Absolutely. And he goes, I go right in the face. He goes, I like that idea. Mm. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. So we watch the match. I go right on. I'm like, you know, baby face, baby face, blah, blah, blah. And then top rope, I just, just thought like perfect. I told Corey, go watch me come down. And just, and Mark just sells it. Boom. Like, what the F, you know? And then I'm just attacking him. Then he throws me off, throws me off. And then, you know, every match was a different, different story, which I thought was so cool. You you played that's, into that so well, and you 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 had so much intensity. You know that's what I think people remember so much about you. Is and you couldn't hurt him. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> you could if you took it too far. But you 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 and Mark and Vinny yeah, had great, great balances. <laughs> you you know you really did. So I know you teamed up with uh, with um, Robert Thompson. Did you ever tag team yep. with anyone else while you were there in APW? I. Charlie Franz, who, who was always yeah. <laughs> brilliant. And there was playing Jardy's brother. There was another Franz. Yeah, Miyaki. Yeah. Nate Miyaki. The, the France brothers, they call them. Yes. And I, last time I heard of Nate Miyaki, he was like a total bodybuilder or something. He's like gone like the other I, direction. No, I watched him with Donovan for a long time, too. We did yeah, the that's uh, right. Halloween, that's right Halloween against the uh, West Side Players at the main event. Which oh, West Side Players? Not the originals of Kwame Kamosi and Jay Smooth, but... Uh, no. 2000. <laughs> no. West Side Players Boyce 2000. Le- Which yeah. was what? It was Boyce Legrand and who Boyce, was the other one? Boyce Robert. Legrand. Who? Robert, yeah. Robert Thompson. Oh, Robert. Okay. Managed by Icebox. Uh, yeah, Bruce. that's right. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. The whole song and the, the whole thing and... They, were, they could not be beat. That was the whole thing. Were, were you there? Apparently, though, and I, I'm fine with Icebox now. He's a nice guy. He's got a good heart. Tries to do I love Icebox. Robin. He was a cool guy. But he uh, he came to one of Robert's training sessions. I think Mayock the Magician was James Watkins, was it? Yep. Doing yep. Training. And he, he just uh, blew up and quit after the first bump session. And that was enough. So I don't know why Roland would use him if he couldn't at least go through more than one class. As a manager, he was good. You know, Icebox was good as a manager, and he was jovial. He was famous for um, the roller derby thing in the 70s. Right. Well, I mean, he he nagged me. I was friends with him before ever taking him to an APW show. I took him to Gin War. He kept nagging me to take him. He wanted to get involved. He wanted to get involved. And he loved it. You know, I told him the Kirk White stuff is the shit right. than their fly-in talent, <laughs> which was true. I mean, and, you know, the, the absolute best, all of those Gin Wars. I miss that place to this day, that shitty little garage off of Winton, off the 880 freeway. Uh, no, I know place because it, it's just so much different. I, you know, the spot shows were fun, obviously great fun, but the every other week or every three week gym wars, the Halloween spectaculars, the Christmas show, you know, a lot of good planning. It, it was good. I, I, you know, I, I, just, I grew up with Roland. I miss the guy to this day for all his faults and stuff, which we put aside. Uh, I yeah. think we all do. Yeah, well, his promoter, so, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, I knew him, so I knew when he was bullshitting you guys and full of shit, like the stuff about babysitting the rock and all that stuff, which was complete bullshit. Oh, I know. Because we were there then. Meltzer and I were there. When uh, I first met him, he goes, excuse me, I'm on the phone with Harley Race right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure you are. Uh, well, I'm not going to bushwhack her Luke, which he actually was because he worked a show, but still it was like, you don't need a name drop, dude. <laughs> you just, yeah. If you are, that's great. That's how he was. He was a like an overgrown Gene Okerlund with the name dropping. So, yeah. <laughs> he loved the business. He loved the business. <laughs> Unlike the fight who was only in it for money, Roland really loved the business, loved the history. That's why he gave most of the, a lot of those wrestlers, like uh, uh, Venice DeMarco, was, he, was named after one of Roland's favorites, Paul DeMarco. Or, uh, uh, we what, loved the business for sure. Yeah, uh, Blackwell, uh, didn't he name uh, our Larry big... Blackwell, yeah, after, Larry, after yeah, yeah. Jerry. So all of Roland's favorites from the 70s yeah. managed to try naming some of his talent. So when was your last, when, when did you finish wrestling? When did you decide you were done with it? And, and what, was, what was behind that decision? Well, I, well, I broke my neck. <laughs> so, oh, well, shit. When did that happen? Oh, that's not in a wheelchair kind of sense, but I went to a specialist in San Francisco, and uh, the guy showed me the X-ray, and he goes, "You see that crack right there? If you land wrong again, you'll be doing this, meaning wheelchair thing." I was like, "Oh." So I went back to Hollywood to play drums for a long time, and then, I, you know, I was turned out great, but I came back to Oregon, and then. Uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, a little promotion was up the road. I went and watched them and stuff, and then the promoter knew who I was, and he goes, do you want to work some shows? And I thought, yeah, that sounds cool. And I'm like, my friends were going, dude, you might not uh, take a wrong bump kind of thing, but I did like, you know, I don't know, she's a couple of years, which means like maybe five, six shows a year. It's not a couple of years, if you think about it. And then I just, and that hurts. <laughs> so it's been, I've been actually in the ring for probably 10 years. Uh, that, maybe 12, 13. I don't know for sure, but it hurts. Do you need surgery on your <laughs> neck? Do you need surgery on it? I was, I was said it was a good idea, but I never did. But you haven't had that done yet. I'm, I'm okay. Okay, good. No, I'm, I, don't want you to have to go. I've had too many friends have to go into the knife, including our friend Shane Dynasty, who's having his his finger amputated, unfortunately, yeah, due to skin cancer. That. Yeah, yep. he was just on the yes. show a couple of weeks ago. And by the way, I wanted to bring up the fact that he has got a, a GoFundMe site, and I will be putting it on uh, the Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast web page, Facebook page, if people want to donate to him because he's. He's a tattoo artist, and he's going to be unable to use his hands to draw tattoos. That's, so that sucks. It's really just terrible that you, you know. Yeah, I did. I didn't know that until you mentioned it to me earlier today through messaging, and I was like, "What's going on?" And you know, that's that's terrible. And then, of Please. course, you know, our our friend Boom Boom Kamini. You know, you knew him pretty well. You know, he oh, died. Actually, yeah. yeah, he died a couple of years ago because of the. Yeah. Uh, I used to see him. I would ride the uh, what is it, uh, Russ? The thirty-five or thirty-six Gary bus 
from. Uh, oh, I never take the bus. I'm from Marin. We don't. We're, all right, but in, for in San Francisco, when I go to Japantown, <laughs> I'd often ride the bus with Boom Boom, or he'd get on after me. At, like not the bar train. And I'd see Boom Boom all the time. He'd come up and do the thing he did to you guys. He'd do the titty twister. Oh yeah, jeez. <laughs> I remember he used to do that to you guys in the ring at various points. Yeah. The different generations of APW boys. My right, right here. I made the cover of a Sunday Alameda paper. I can see I'm, right here. I'm star. Hold it up. Can you get it? Well, I can. I can. If you want to see it, I guess I can move the camera around. But so the Alameda uh, paper, because I lived in Alameda, the Times Star. Hang on. I'll just do this if I can. I want to make. I paid for it. Oh, that's really cool. Yep. Just stuff. Yes, a little out of focus. Yeah, focus. Yeah, He's going to be able to get it. It's framed. It framed in Hang on a minute. It's the uh, Sunday Alameda Times Star. So, what is it? A profile of AP Dub? I can't remember. Yeah, they did a piece on this for a week. I'm trying to get it. I'm sorry. It's all backwards. Is that her up at the top with the red hair? That's Dollar Brothers. <laughs> Wow, that's quite a rock and roll trivia. Maybe you can, uh, Russ. Maybe you can remind him to maybe take a, a, a cell phone when we get done, because I'm going to have to leave in a couple of minutes. I was just going to ask. Uh, it looked like uh, there's Lita Ford. Do you have a Lita Ford uh, photo of her up there? You've I got a lot of next room. I do. Yeah. Yeah, you got all I'm... kinds of stuff. So, is your wife? Is she a musician too, or singer? She worked for, uh, geez, I, I could take it in the whole next room. Uh, Motley Crue mostly, but short oh. for Nam. You know Nam, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she worked for, uh, well, so does. We we have shitloads of stuff. I mean, just so much stuff in here. It's, I'd like to show you around. It's like a museum. The Hollywood no, Cafe has nothing on us. <laughs> I'll come and check up on you because uh, we haven't done anything since COVID. We used to drive up to uh, mostly southern Oregon where you can see the only place in the world where those uh, bug-eating, uh, they, they they're called cobra lily plants. And they're the pla only place they grow in the world is in Oregon, you know, mostly southern Oregon. I never even heard of it. Yeah, they, they are like, they can grow up to be six feet tall and bugs and frogs and stuff get inside and they digest them. And they're, they're part of that family of the Venus flytrap. They're like a pitcher plant with digestive juice inside. But again, Oregon, Southern Oregon, we've made treks up there and Oregon is like a hotbed for vicious bug eating plants. <laughs> I never knew that. Darlingtonia Californica. That's the one that's up there, indigenous we, to that area. We have, we have heel plants. <laughs> They're heel, heel plants. So, <laughs> so I was going to ask you, Mike, Mike, a question for you. Oh, sure. Do you, Mike? Yeah. Uh, do you remember there was one show? I can't remember. I think where it was at, but uh, you were at the table at ringside, and you had your uh, camera box on the table big silver box yeah and uh it was um mike and donovan were in the ring wrestling and i was doing the security at the rail I hadn't turned pro yet and i saw your box sitting there and i knew that there would be a spot through the table 
And I, I went up to me and I whispered to you, you might want to put your blocks under the room because they're going to go right to the tail on him. <laughs> you go, thank you. And you slowly slid it down and your foot, you put it under the ring and it went right to the table. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was often used. I had a practice You go, thank you, you probably just saved me $1,000 or something. Yeah, like you saved me some money. I mean, prior to that, Andre destroyed a Nikon camera. That's when I stopped bringing Nikons to the show. And that was like 74. I was just trying uh, to smarten you up. I'm like, ring still move. <laughs> I was just trying to smarten you up. I'm like, you might want to put that uh, under the ring. Because I knew, yeah, I knew the spot was coming. Roland would tell us when there'd you know, be different spots that we might want to get shit out of the way and put it underneath the ring. That's, and that's was, your help. I started storing my camera box underneath the ring through the entirety of the match. Although one time Modest grabbed it and used it and gimmick hit somebody. So <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> there weren't any cameras in it. Luckily, I'd taken the cameras out. So I, I've got to go, you guys, but uh, I'll it's ask Russ. You, man. Uh, it's been forever yeah, since I've seen I have this a ton song. of photos. I've got to print them out, but I'll ask Russ if he can't connect us. And I can send you those. And obviously, he can look at them, too, of you and your your prime. Uh, so Is it's, prime? it's yeah, your wrestling prime. So I hope <laughs> well, the three of us will be connected. I was telling Russ my dream. I've thought about this for years and years, because before you even started, Roland used to take us out to a restaurant at Christmas every year. And then it was the outdoor at the, uh, you know, the the dojo, the Pacific Coast Sports in the parking lot. We'd have our Christmas parties. I would like to organize a reunion of all anybody who ever came in and out of AP Dub. I don't know, you know, how possible that is, but I think it would be fun to try to get as many people. Oh, back. That'd be a blast. I mean, if we could get uh, it was all Russ getting uh, Donovan Morgan on the show last year, then I think we can accomplish that, and and maybe hopefully have you guys. I know it's be a far uh, Many of us are scattered to the four winds, you know. That you know, you look back on twenty years, and a lot of us have gone in so many different locations. Last, I mean, you know, Russ had a mini reunion tonight. If, if you and Apollo Khan would have been on together, uh, but I don't know. Yeah. I, either a Zoom or in person, I think would be the best. You know, it doesn't have to be something televised. It's just all of us back together, as many of us. Oh, yeah, no, it should be televised. Some clear light. No, it should be. Yeah. And we, we can do a, a select few BTW guys. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Such a strange family. Well, hey, count me in. Well, Russ doesn't quite remember. You might remember the second one. We had two. Roland really did all the work, not Kirk White. He did nothing. We had two interpretations <laughs> versus big times. And yeah, know. You know, it, 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 they failed because Kirk was just too lazy. He would want to come, just stay and do his promo with uh, Jason Styles, like before the first match went on. And then they would split, not sit and study the entire APW card. When Roland would go to BTW cards, he would stay for the entirety of the show, take notes. He was a student. I went with Roland to BTW card once. You worked with, right? No, I didn't. Well, I might, I might have, but I remember like going actually in the stands though, and he wanted to watch everything. Well, Roland, you know, Roland would he didn't want Kirk to know he was there, you know, when they had heat. That's what I'm saying. We were in the back. Yeah, yeah, the top, yeah. Roland, I think sometimes would just sneak in, and some whoever would yeah. come with him, like the girl he was dating, 
for a while that was working with us uh, on the grants AOL. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I can tell you sorry about that. Anyway, that's yeah. not even about that story. It was a fuse of people. <laughs> I'll tell you. All right. Well, Mike, you have to go. I will see I'm you next week. Up, but uh, but, but uh, Casey, I could talk to you for a little longer. Good to see you, man. Stay in touch, man. So yeah, no, cool. it is it is good to to see. I mean, we you and I talk back and forth on Facebook every so often. So it's it hasn't been as many years, so to speak. Although I haven't talked to you physically. I know I, that, that was my my first question to you. I was going to ask was, I'm trying to think when the last time we actually talked in person. We talked on I'll Facebook. I'll tell you like exactly you when. Was where it was Swiss where? Park? Was it Swiss Park for a PWI show? Which was when Mark dropped the title to Malachi because I, I won. I, that's the first world championship, heavyweight championship that I managed. And I have a great picture of you and Vinny, like, uh, like, like, uh, you know, uh, with your arms around each other. I have a picture of you and Vinny. From, oh, I have the picture. I know the picture. I think that's the last time I saw you. Was that that's that part. was a lot? Because we had. Uh, if I'm correct, I mean, you want to be Jeez, don't say that. <laughs> it's, it's just, that's the, know, maybe it's like 19 years, but I think it was like 2004, 2003, something like that. That was the, that was the outdoor gimmick, right? Yeah. 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 So that's how, it, how many years. It was a battle royal, right? Yes, correct. Okay, yeah. I have those pictures. I actually posted on Vinny Singh. He won't talk to me anymore. I don't know why, but. Ah, uh, Vinny's a strange duck. He's he, he. There's a couple people that I'm not all that thrilled about bringing back on the show. One of them's Jason Dedrich, and I think you probably understand why that is. Another's no, Gabe Ramirez. I don't want him on the show. And Vinny <laughs> and I, we worked together in California Championship Wrestling. I actually managed him as the heavyweight champion there. But then we had a falling out when he would when he was on the Howard Stern show and didn't mention uh -huh. California Championship Wrestling. We got. Really, the owner of CCW went berserk. He was such a huge Howard Stern fan, and okay. uh, Vinny wouldn't mention, wouldn't take two seconds out and say that he was the head trainer of the CCW uh, uh, wrestling show out there. But so I, yeah, I, so pretty much. I, I, I should say he's not talking to me more. I'm just saying I, I'll comment. I never get like a thumbs up or anything. It's like I, I'll post a picture of him and I wrestling and tag him, and I don't see it. I'm not asking for anything, but. We were really close at one time, you know. We were like best friends for, you know, a while, you know. Not that I'm time, asking for anything. Yeah, he's doing time really changes good, a like, lot of know, people. Very, I'm very proud of him. He's got his own, like, a gym, I think, going on and stuff. I think it's awesome. I love yeah. the guy. I yeah. No, time changes people. And, and some, some people yeah. grow nostalgic. And some people, you know, just want to move on. And they don't want to revisit old times. But I'm really happy to revisit old times with you. And, and, I am and too. when I think of, of working with you, I think of working with a guy who was a total professional, a guy who never, you know, you never complained about the fact that you wouldn't get over on Mark and Vinny, that we would always somehow cheat you out of a victory. Because, you know, the no, fans like job. you more. I loved it because the, the beautiful thing, again, about psychology is but if you get beat or you win, it doesn't really matter as long as people remember the match. You know, when Mark would give me the heart punch, for instance, you know, you guys leave celebrating, I'm rolling out of the ring selling like I just got almost killed. 
people are clapping for me. I'm loose. There's, you know, that kind of psychology. They, they won't see it again. That's what I learned. You know, you had a Mikey Whipwreck thing about you. Like even though you lost, people were <laughs> people really wanted you to win. They were all rooting for you to win, and 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 people liked that the fact that you always took that underdog role and made the most of it. You weren't, you know, a total scrub. I mean, you fought in there. No. You fought well. You had good moves. You know, your aerial stuff was tremendous. You know, right, I I, a, I wasn't a complete jobber. I won a lot of matches, but I knew my role too. You know, when it comes to Mark or Vinny, I'm not going to go over it. I never cared about going over it. You know, that didn't matter. Putting on the best match, putting them over, that's what mattered to me. You and know. that's why you were such a success. How, when did you determine that you were a good aerial wrestler? How did you figure that out for yourself? When I jumped off the top rope and landed on you guys. <laughs> no, you had a pretty good aerial attack before uh, that. You, 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 you don't practice flips over the top rope in the, in the uh, APW gym. <laughs> no, you don't, which was what I was amazed no. with. But even before then, when I watched you, you know, before I ever got in on uh, managing, you know, I watched you at a number of shows. And you always brought a really good aerial routine to your, your stuff. You never had any fear. I guess that was the key thing. You had no, no fear. Never, never. I remember going and, again, going back to when I went and visited the gym to watch the students before I even joined, you know. I was interested in joining the school. And I watched them pick their bumps, you know, second rope, back bump. Some were, like, really scared into these shield bumps. And I, I, I wanted to, like, just... Get me in there. Give me the top rope. I want to go fucking, you know, sorry to cuss him. But oh, this is not a kid's show. Don't worry about it. Well, I'm starting to be respectful. But I remember watching the first time sitting there, you know, in 90, early 98, I guess, whatever. And just thinking to myself, you guys are in the ring, you're not. Jump off that fucking rope and, you know, you can tuck your chin. Tuck back. You can, it's, I, I couldn't wait to do it. And I remember the first time I, after paying, you know, all the dues as far as the running, the wind sprints, the push-ups, the squats, the, all that, the stairs. When they finally got in the ring, that's when people started really getting weeded out. I couldn't wait to get on the top rope and jump off and land on my back. I just couldn't wait. I, I stuck in the, in the gym when no one was there. Wow. And second bumps and sneak out, you know, because people were sleeping upstairs. They could hear, you know, the ring, but I, I, I wanted to just feel it so wow i don't know i did but like you said i don't have to know fear thing i just wanted to do it thing and there's things i wouldn't do I mean, nobody has i don't know but you were you never had any fear and i think that was i think that's what people loved especially you going up against mark because Everybody was afraid of Mark, you know, with the mask on. He, he, he it was so scary. You never had any fear against him, and that was that. I think really worked in your favor. And like I said, you know, on his documentary, I'll say it again. When I heard one interview he did online, he said one of his favorite opponents was Kid Chrome, out of nowhere. And I thought that was the coolest thing I ever heard. You know, who am I? You know, Jabroni. He's on some, you know, national, I can't remember what, it's so long ago, but I want to find it. But he mentioned my name as one of his favorite opponents, and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. It was. You know, was it was. I always looked forward, when I knew that we, we, when I knew we were facing you on the card, I was like, 
this is going to be a great match. You know, I don't know. It always told a different story. That was the best part. Yeah. Yeah. But I was you know, always like, was, this is going to be fun. It was the same match. Yeah. Lock up, throw me down. I'm going to kick you at work with the, you know, whatever. It was always good. And of course, you little weasel out there. <laughs> and I, I would sell for you too. You watch that one match that's on uh, YouTube and he throws me out. I'm trying to get up and I'm selling for you. Like, you know, on all fours, you know, like this. I know it's coming. You give me a little kick and little kick and just weak little kicks, but that's your job to be. Thank God, little, yes. Lawyer, lawyer manager. I'm, I'm going, fucker, but on purpose, you know, that was, it was brilliant. You always sold for me. I appreciate that. You never, you yeah. never gave me a real working over, thank God, except when you would jump out on me. You never like well, grab was, me and, 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 and throw me in or anything. That was Mark protecting all of us, though. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if you watch, so, so, stuff, yeah. Was did you always want to do a rock and roll type wrestler as as your your thing, or did you was that something that you just came up with, or what? Where did the idea for Kid Chrome come from? The Kid Chrome thing was actually invented by Mike Modest because I was writing a Harley to school, you know, and um, they wanted to call me Chrome, and I thought that's kind of weird. Okay, I'm a biker, so my name's Chrome, so my bike's Chrome, you know, I got Chrome pipes on my bike, whatever. And somebody, I, I can't remember who it was, what do you call him? Kid Chrome, KC, his name is Casey. And the idea initially was for me to ri actually ride to the ring on my bike. I don't know why it never happened, but it's fine with me. But the whole idea was it's a biker gimmick, you know, the, the jacket, the leather, you know, the vest and the, all that stuff. Mike had some stupid idea for me to like, be like a kiss guy with makeup on. <laughs> we already had that with the demon, and that didn't work yeah. out so well. So I didn't even call that. that. No, that was terrible. Now, I didn't want to make up anyway, but that was the original idea, you know. But I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I've got time. Yes. I remember going into a Roland's office one time and. Um, they would write down, uh, like, a marker or a pen, whatever, different matches that were trying to figure out for the next show, you know, him against him, and they change it up and stuff like that. And one day I saw Kid Chrome or Casey, I remember seeing the paper, first modest. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I'm like, modest? You know, that's crazy, right? And then... I don't know, was that my next time? This is my version. I don't care what anybody says. I remember this. But um, we had like a normal class, whatever. It was the pro class. And But Mike, once in a while, people around the ring, he would call certain people, just name people out, get in the ring. So one day he goes, Casey, Mike, get in the ring, do a match. That's all he said. So we get in the ring and I go, what do you want? He goes, have a match. I go, you want fight? Have a match. And we're all looking at each other like, what the hell? You know? And uh, we just, on the fly, had a match. After we had that match, which had good points and really shitty points, and what the heck we were doing, next thing you know, that's when our program started. Nice. Mike saw, so I was not working with Mike anymore. I'm working with Mark. 
not the next show because it didn't make him Super Destroyer. It wasn't, it wasn't Super Destroyer yet, you know, but they saw us work together so well. Mike was like, I'm going to work them into a program. And he actually told us about it and we're both stoked, you know. So the modest Kid Chrome match was, it's going to be a Super Destroyer and Kid Chrome. And that was right before they turned him in when you came in, you know, with the mask and stuff. So it wasn't going to be Bison against Kid Chrome. It was going to be Super Destroyer against Kid Chrome. That's how I remember anyway. Those are great matches. Now, I don't want to get you in trouble with your neighbors, but can you hit those drums for... Can you oh, hit don't those? Do that. Don't, don't pull that on. They're not tuned up. They're not <laughs> tuned up. Okay. Because, uh, you know, we've had some some guests play guitar and piano for us and, oh, and do does. some rapping for us. So if you're... You, if you're, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to hear it right now. It's, it's loud. Yeah, no, I'm sure it is. But, but uh, no, it's really good to see you. In, you too, brother. I, I really missed, I, I missed the, the times we had, you know. It, it was a it, weird family that we all had, you know, going on at APW. But, but it, was of, a, it was a family, though. We're, we're brothers. We're yeah, boys. and we, we all, there were times we all hated each other or when we'd go to, a you know, Angel's Camp or, or you know, uh, uh, you know uh, where the wrestlers would outnumber the, the crowd, you know, we, we had a oh, couple yeah. of bomb scare shows and stuff like that and and you know, but it, it it it's just weird too about with Rolling because I had a big falling out with him and I made up with him. I like, did too. Maybe about a year before he died. You know, I I, I yeah. made up with him and 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 I'm glad I did and and you know I'm glad that 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 I have so many friendships that still will come back from that that time period. And, and what was it like for you to do the uh, the uh, documentary stuff for uh, for Mark? How did that feel? I was nervous um, because I didn't. It's it's hard to talk about. Some things are easy easy to talk about. Some things are hard to talk about. I didn't want to come off as a, like a sappy. You know, I'm happy about memories, but some things we talked about that were edited out, which I'm actually glad. It's like kind of a little teary eyed here and there. I you did know? too, man. I did too. And so when I watched it, I was kind of glad it was edited out. That one, one of the boys going, oh, you big pussy, or, you know, whatever. No, come on. Mark meant so much to us. If you didn't if you didn't have a tear shed for finding out that Mark died, then you didn't have a fucking heart. You, yeah. you, you'd be a heartless fucking bastard because he cared about all of us. And it's, it, it, it felt good to, to say on film how much I cared about him. Yeah, it felt good. I was I was just worried about the final cut, and I, I was really glad that a lot of what I said was edited out. Excuse me, <clears throat> um, because some stuff I don't know. I mean, you know better than I did. I don't. I think before you did, but it doesn't matter. He was. What can I say? But you know. When I get asked, I'm trying to think of how to say this, you know, what's your favorite memory of Mark? I don't have a bad one. So it's really hard to pick like that one moment because there's nothing was bad. He was never a dick. I have the best memories of, of him. I wrestled a match in Vallejo, California, and I went to the curtain after the match and I was fucking pissed. Match sucked. 
and I, I didn't want him to book the match, and I was pissed at Roland, and I told him to, that's what you fucking wanted? You know, sorry again. I was livid pissed. None of the boys give a shit about that. He came up to me and put his arm around me and said, come here. And uh, talked to me. He goes, calm down. He goes, we all have shitty matches. Just talk to me. He went out of his way to do that. The boys, when you get pissed off, they kind of, oh, sorry about that, you know. Cool, I'll move up on the on spot, you know. He took his time to talk to me, and that meant the world to me. Get to, I'm thinking about that, you know. It's, no, man, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. He didn't have to. He saw it. I wasn't, like, you know, making a scene. I was just sticking my tape off, and, like, I told Roland, that's what you fucking wanted? You know, that thing, and he saw it and just came over, and it was dark, you know, in Vallejo back there, that big area but he, he didn't have to do that and that always meant something to me and I think about that all the time in, in real life today like somebody pisses you off and shit you know fuck him you know Mark had an amazing heart he had an amazing uh, 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 mind He's, for understanding what people needed to hear from him and he was so yeah. disarming you know you just and, you couldn't and didn't have to be. yeah you didn't have to be either no. And like you, he gave it his all in the ring. I mean, you always gave a hundred percent. I don't I even when the crowds were crappy, you know, I always felt yeah. you gave your hundred percent to you know what, what was going on in the ring. And that was great. And that was our job, I, I thought, you know. Yeah, we go out and party and get crazy afterwards, but when it came to going to work, you know, we were out there to sell it. Well, I hate to to pull a, a, a to to close the show off on you, but we're we're running out of time. We got a little bit of a late start, but you're always welcome to be back on the show. We'd love to have you back on the show. Um, uh, uh, do you want to let fans know how they can get a hold of you via social media or anything? Or you got any websites? I'm to promote. Honestly, I'm on Facebook. Check me out. Send me a message. We're talking about Mark. I'll be glad to talk about stories. Uh, Casey Wood Facebook. I think it's what it, Casey Drummer. What is it? I don't even know what it is. Yeah, no, it's just Casey Wood on on Facebook, and and it's been great to get back in touch with you, and and if yeah, I you know, have a chance to come up to Portland, I'll look you up, and and we can you know toss a few back together and and share even more memories. Absolutely. Where are you at now? I'm in San Francisco or Marin County. I mean, um, I'm trying to find you back on. Yeah, I'm I'm in Nevada. I'm in Nevada here, so. Anyway, Casey, you and, and, and best wishes to your wife and your cat. And next time we much. talk more about horror movies and stuff like that. And, and your belt collection. You and yeah. There's, there's so and much I, more. I really apologize for being so late. I was here early and I, I could not get. Don't worry about it. You know what? It's the show that it's just like, you know, it's just like in wrestling. You know, you're going to like go, oh, it's all messed up and, and all that stuff. But as long as the fans see this podcast and like it, then we're good. It doesn't really matter. You know, it'll it'll be good enough for, for the fans. We know what, what went on behind the scenes. But as long as the, yes, the, the show went on, people are fine with it. And, uh, you know, may, I'll try to get you back on with Apollo if I can. You know, that would be a fun reunion, too, you know. And, and Count me in. Anytime you want to, count me in. 
That's great. That's great. Up your freaking co-host. I don't care. Well, <laughs> it's, it's great to have you on just tonight and to catch up after 20 years yeah. of, of not, really not hanging it. out. So, um, so anyway, that's it for tonight's podcast, everyone. We'll see everyone next week. And thank you for joining me, Casey. Thank you very much, sir. Good night.